From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. Welcome to episode 275, where we're diving into this separation between this old identity and this new identity, this state of nihilism, this state of wandering around, trying to build a structure and having no structure, having a foundation where you're questioning not only your past and your future, but your present self, not feeling detached. People call this depersonalization. And we can look at this more in a narrative sense. And I am 100% positive that this is going to open your eyes to the suffering that you're contending with. I went through this in my 20s. It's no joke to have this nihilistic existential crisis when you no longer can return back to your previous way of being just I wish I wish I was my old self I wish I was just the person I was before and you know to make it short for you there's no returning and we're going to talk about that but first let's talk about the self now Carl Jung called the self that which remains constant across transformation it's it's the spirit of wholeness that you embody So think of like an archetypal character, the hero that, you know, goes out into the unknown and he transforms himself, you know, he develops new skills and he develops himself mentally, but there's something that is constant. It's the spirit that he embodies, the the principles that he or she embodies. And it's the change that continues to manifest it revolves around a spirit that you embody. Now, whatever that spirit is, it will determine what sort of outcomes you manifest. Now, Carl Jung also said that look at the narrative of your own story because you could be playing out a tragedy. So pay attention to your routines, your beliefs, the things you're telling yourself. And Jung said that Christ is the embodiment of the self. And I find that interesting because if you look at Christ, he has a higher order principle and he remains a rock to that principle throughout the many uh, ups and downs of his life. And so Christ, what he said and how he acted, it was in alignment to this higher order principle. There was no incongruency. And believe me, when you have kids and you say something to them and you act in a different way, the kids will notice that and they will call you out on that too. And so that's an interesting thing to know. But look at Christ as the spirit of truth. The the self is the spirit of, of truth. And truth is, you know, what remains constant, what what is our best bet forward in life? And over the millions of years we've evolved, we've determined what truth is by how what's constant and what's our best bet forward in life. 
And, you know, we, we, this spirit is also transformation because we are exploratory creatures. We leave the confines of our comfort to go into the unknown because we are aware of time and we realize that whatever's in the unknown, it could do us in tomorrow or next week or next month. We understand that we make the right sacrifices today so that we can stave off chaos. You know, you give up the the, the pleasures today, the fruits today, and tomorrow you gain in more energy or mental clarity or you know you stave off instant gratification there is a twofold effect happening here but you know you see people nowadays who are, who embody that spirit you see people that no matter what they will remain true to the spirit that they inhabit. You can't move them. You can't push them. You can't manipulate them. They have teeth. They have a spine and they will bite you if you, if you will try and move them. Definitely. But my old self, my old self who was struggling with anxiety, I did not, I did not embody the spirit, but I embodied this hedonic, this nihilistic spirit, which in turn contained a lot of suffering. You know, having self-imposed ideas that you, you play itself out over time that become repetitive and you continue to entertain. You become the tyrant of your own self. You just want to see only a certain way of seeing the world and you ref- refuse and you push away other people who have opposing beliefs. And you kind of laugh at them and shove them aside. And so I was going through anxiety and this was this massive stage transformation for me. And Piaget, the developmental psychologist, stated that when transitioning to adulthood, we go through this nihilistic stage between childhood and adulthood. And that's interesting because we have to incorporate new ways of being, strategies, and being humble about it too. You know, starting from square one is very humbling. But admitting to yourself that, you know, you have a lot to learn and that that you have many faults, defects. You're doing a lot of things in your life that you wish you weren't doing, but you just can't seem to stop doing those things. And so we end up in this nihilistic phase where we question life, this existential angst that make you question your purpose and the meaning of existence. Is there, is this, does this mean anything? And what's the point? And the road to excess is this phase as well, because we see in like the movie Groundhog Day where Phil He's reliving the same day over and over and over again. And he's, 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 he decides, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this because today doesn't mean anything. Well, I might as well get everything that I ever could have ever imagined. He robs a bank. He, you know, he buys cars. He sleeps around with as many women as he can. You know, he sleeps in, drinks, smokes. He does all, all of that because like, why? why does, what does it even mean? You know, so he does all of that and then he gets to a point where he he attains everything that he could have ever dreamt of 
and he winds up into this deep despair because it didn't fulfill anything. It actually, what manifested itself was um, a hollowness, a hollow shell, that there was a twofold effect that he obtained something like money, but it didn't, it didn't serve the, the biological necessities that we all have, like love, connection, community, the need for growth and challenge, right? And, and, and the, all this excess, there's no challenge in that because once you get the excess, you realize that you have to, you're never going to feel like you have enough. But anyways, in that phase, yeah, the road to excess is there and you realize that it's, I never feel fulfilled. I'm always on the run to grab that. And, and that's a really terrible place to be. And so this nihilism is commonly brought about by the opening of one's eyes to the pain of reality. And, you know, or, or, or mortality of being, you know, our detachment from what we deemed valuable it opens your eyes because what I thought was valuable was sleeping around, getting lots of money and watching pornography and playing video games all day. But, but when you realize there's snakes in the corners that you haven't been paying attention to and they come up and bite you, which they will if your eyes are closed, it opens them and now you can't go back into this other way of being because you just experienced this the reality. And what is that reality? Well, the death of someone close to you, illness, you, you yourself or someone close to you, um, getting fired, divorce, um, many things, many things, just anything that disrupts your routine. And if it's significant enough, it can really traumatize you. And so health anxiety sufferers typically feel like they're going crazy because they feel now that they're in this phase, that now that they their eyes have been awakened to something like, oh my God, I'm vulnerable. I could die. I don't have control over this. That's a big thing. You know, not having control. What happens is they feel like they're going crazy and they're moving beyond their previous self. They're trying to get back to that old state of not having health anxiety, but they can't. They're, they are split apart from their identity at this point because the health anxiety is a result of not being fully awake in the first place. <sighs> That's eye-opening. Not being fully awake in the first place. And so now you're this split happens where you, you're not the person that you thought you were. You're not the person you think you are right now. And who knows what's going to happen to you in the future if you're ever going to get out of this state, this void that you're now in. You're like, you're trapped in this... <laughs> Ron Burgundy says, trapped in this glass case of emotion. So yeah, you're pretty much in that glass case, right? You, like, how are you going to get out of that? And so they're confused and they're in shock and life no longer makes sense to them. And they say, I just want to go back to how things used to be. That's the typical saying 
but in reality, you can't. And this is a good thing, by the way, so bear that in mind as we continue. It's a good thing. And you can try and numb yourself with medication and alcohol or reassurance, but it won't do you any good because you can't mask the fact that you've already been hunted down by this predator. You've been hunted down already. It took a bite out of you. If you attempt to numb yourself, you're just going to be like Captain Hook, who just wants to run for the rest of their life away from the crocodile, who already has a piece of Captain Hook because he has a hook. It, our time took our, our piece of him already. But if he learned to fight the damn thing or he learned to confront it, maybe he can transcend the, the suffering that is time. That is, yeah, time ticks and we get older and we become vulnerable to the snakes. Yeah, we can die. It's a horrible realization. But the Buddha discovered that. You know, Siddhartha went outside of his walled kingdom. He encountered death and decay on the street. It traumatized him. It sent him into depersonalization. He went running back to his comfort. And then in the comfort, he couldn't get back to comfort because he was now traumatized. He got bitten. And so for the rest of his life, his mission was to well, how do I transcend suffering, essentially? How do I overcome this harsh reality? And so you can try and numb yourself, but once your eyes are opened, it is now your responsibility to pursue and piece together this antidote to this existential crisis. And so Pinocchio, this is a... It's one of my favorite moments in the movie. It, it really is psychologically interesting because Pinocchio returns home after this adventure. He goes out into the world with the cricket, with his conscience, and he goes out into the world and he he encounters malevolence, betrayal. He encounters, like, he gets damaged by the world. And so now he's like, okay, I'm going to come home to my father. I'm going to come home to comfort. I'm going to come home to order and he comes home and his father's gone comfort is gone order is gone what does this mean well he has to then form an internal foundation an internal framework now to deal with chaos he can't go back to comfort anymore culture isn't there anymore it's now up to the individual to become self-actualized. But first, you have to go out and get damaged first to, you know, become self-actualized. You have to confront the terrible reality, the terrible realities of existence first before you can become a whole, before you can become what Carl Jung says, the wholeness of the self, right? The spirit. You have to get damaged. Something has to open your eyes. You have to open your eyes at some point. And so that's what happens to Pinocchio. And Geppetto, he he represents old order. So it's like this old identity, you can say. Because, you know, like your parents, um, you know, they hold on to the beliefs throughout their whole lives and you come to them and you say something about diet that, you know, is current, you know, new research, new books on a certain topic. And they kind of like, you know, uh, I'm just going to stick to my old kind of 
way of being. You know, I'm not going to incorporate that because I, I've been, you know, going by these beliefs for decades and decades, right? My whole life. I'm not going to incorporate that into my life. You know, a lot of, there are a lot of obviously older people who do that and continue until they die. But, you know, those people that like culture or like, you know, your, your family that just remain in kind of like a, a state. They don't want to, they don't want to adapt new information. So Geppetto represents that old, this old identity, old order that no longer could sustain itself. And it's like, it's like this old identity in your twenties, right? You know, you, you try and sustain a certain way of being for so long, it'll come back and it'll slap you in your face. It's like your eating habits in your twenties or your sleep cycle in your twenties, right? Or your friendship circles or just the things that you watch and the, you know, the, the things that you value, believe in. You know, you hold on to that for the rest of your life. You're just going to be one thing, predictable and, you know, ever stagnant. You're always going to be stagnant. And so now you can't rely on your previous self. Now that you're suffering from anxiety, suffering from health anxiety, it's this separation now because now you can't rely on this old self because the old self is what led you into the suffering you're experiencing now. So there has to be a separation and that's what the anxiety is. It is that separation. And so it's like how you perceive this new stage is really going to determine how how quickly you're gonna get into this new phase of your life. And so looking at this as an opportunity to develop and change and grow as a person is the right answer. And so you have to adopt a guide, some sort of, some resource, some way, some philosophy, some, some structure. It could be Jungian, could be, you know, it doesn't matter, cognitive behavioral therapy, NLP, just in taking on some sort of structure, taking on a coach, taking on some sort of resources to provide you with some guidance now that you're in this desert now. And so you have to now do self-exploration as well into your own psyche. And that's what Pinocchio does because after, you know, realizing that his father is in a whale in the bottom of an, an, an the ocean, because the blue fairy told him that? It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, Pinocchio dives into the ocean, which Carl Jung describes as the water being the unconscious mind. So you have to dive deep into the unconscious mind, down to the depths of the ocean, down to the depths and pull out what's old and dead and revivify it. It's like, that's exactly what we're doing. You know, you're going through this suffering and now you have to search into your own unconscious mind, pull out, which means like pulling out what's old means you have to actually acknowledge that it's old. You actually have to point your finger and say, yeah, those parts of me, it's not working. And acknowledging that, paying attention to that, that's, that's eye-opening. And then that's the beginning because you have, because if you go through recovery, you know, whether it's some sort of addiction, you have to first acknowledge that, yeah, that I have a problem. So you, you, you look into the depths of your soul and you 
pull out everything that you're you know, guilty of or ashamed of, laying that on the table, it's no easy thing. And so this is a brave exploration. That's what it is. And I've seen client after client come to me after they do the hard work and they're, they're a different person. They, they're glowing, they're smiling because they've just had one revelation after another by exploring themselves and confronting things that they find uneasy and healing from the past because the past is now this separate thing that they view this spirit as this new embodiment. Like they view their journey as something new and they can separate themselves from this old person that they, they can classify as old because they, you know, they're, they're laying out schematically like every little detail of what makes that person, you know, wind up in hellish situations that you once found yourself in. And then, you know, you take that and you kind of push it to the side and you're like, what do I want to embody? So that means you have to have a vision of, of the future. And so, when, when a health anxiety sufferer is at that point where they're suffering, they ask, well, what's the meaning to all of this? And that's this wandering phase. And we all have to go through that phase, starting from scratch. And that's in the Exodus story, you know, moving from the tyranny, it's not right to the promised land. You're going to have to wander around first. It always gets worse before it gets better. But the, the, the fact that it gets worse is a sign that it's going to get better because you're voluntarily acknowledging and accepting the fact that, yeah, it, it, I understand it gets worse. So you're left wandering in this void between selves, between selves. So if I'm not this person who I thought I was, then who am I? <laughs> That's no joke. And so you wander in this desert and you're reconstructing your psyche. You're building this new spirit that, well, through voluntary suffering, you can become braver and in control of all of those underlying possessions that used to grip you. That's... That's... That's no joke. So if you feel like you are separated from your previous self, that's depersonalization. You're so traumatized that you don't know who you are. Then you are at this beginning stage of this hero's journey of transformation. And now, which is great because, you know, now you can see your old self as being one way. The more you the more you study that person, the more you look at yourself and say, man, no wonder I wound up here. These are all the things. It could be family. It could be certain situations that have happened growing up, behaviors, desires that possess you, quirks, habits, all of these, the things that you value, the people that you look up to, man, it, it can take you out. It can take you out. But you have to do it. And if you're willing and, and if you're, if you're so, if you're, if you're so distraught and hopeless, then that anger, I hope can 
move you towards that new identity. And I, because you're here, I know that's the case with you. I know that you're in that process. So, I mean, that's great. And we all see through narrative, through narrative form, you know, like Peter Pan, how Peter Pan worships T Tinkerbell, you know, the, the spirit of pornography, Tinkerbell's not real. He'd rather look to what's not real than the real woman, Wendy, because he doesn't want to take on that responsibility. I now look at my old self as that character. I was like, yeah, I was Peter Pan. I was living on Pleasure Island throughout my 20s. I was worshiping you know, fake women on the internet. I was smoking weed and just, you know, living this hedonistic, nihilistic lifestyle. And that, yeah, we should put ourselves into a box like that and into a, a, a certain box that was our previous identity and say, you know what, I want to I travel in this direction. Like, and then I think that first comes with this taking on of a coach, a mentor, somebody that you trust, somebody that went through the same hell you're battling and overcame that hell. And so for me, I see myself as the spirit of like Harry Potter, uh, Aragorn, Lord of the Rings, you know, or Gandalf even, you know, and uh, yeah, Christ. These are all spirits I, I look to and I think of myself as just wanting to embody, as continuously striving in in under the, the guise of that, of that spirit. And because you are separating yourself, you are chosen to fulfill God's call because you're suffering like this, because you feel separated. You've been chosen. That's what it is. And it's like scales falling off of you. You have to adopt you, you have to adopt this new spirit and you have to then adapt to the landscape of potential. And that potential is who you could be. Who you could be. You know, I am willing to acknowledge my shortcomings so that I can be better. That's the attitude. I am willing. I can do better. And so no matter how much shedding needs to occur. What remains is the spirit of God, the spirit of growth, self-actualization, the hero of your own story. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast. Thank you, everyone, for being here today, joining me on these great quests through the mind, how to live properly and to manifest what we really want, even if you don't see it. I mean, the fact that you're in pain and that you want to get out of the pain is a sign that you just want things to be better. And that's vague, but that's, that's the start. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details.
recovery starts now.